What up, everybody? This is Jason Lee from Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. <laughs> and Melissa Ford. Why do? Why is it when we look at each other, we just start giggling? Oh, I know you we already smiling. know. <laughs> I know you smiling because I'm fine as hell. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? It's your man, Giovanni. Gio's back. People like Gio. I thank God yeah. for that, man. Yeah. Look at God, man. Look at him. Ain't he something? Yeah, look him right in the face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why are you staring at Gio like that? I was I like his glasses. I'm about to poach them. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Looks a lot smarter than some of our past guests. Hosts, I but... can't right now. Okay, Stop so, the madness. so let's talk about our weekend recap. <laughs> Melissa, what did you do? Uh, well, are we going all the way back to July 4th? <laughs> let's just yeah, let's talk about July 4th. July 4th weekend. I didn't do much. Actually, you know what? I ended up at a party in the hills, and it was the house of, like, a plastic surgeon. My oh. girlfriend invited me. Please tell me that Hollywood hasn't converted you. No, no, no. I didn't know whose house it was. Okay. I just got invited, and it just happened to be owned by a plastic surgeon. It, oh, my God, the house was everything. And he had a whole bunch of plastic surgeon friends and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It was it was cool. It was a nice, different group that I was, you know, used to hanging out with. And it was awesome. They all couldn't guess my age. <laughs> so do we do we get a discount now? I mean, is this like I a really? I, I didn't even get there with them, but a couple of them are, you know, trying to. They 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 got got in line. So was there fireworks and all that, or? <laughs> yeah, um, I was able to see L.A. in a way I've never seen before. I was able to see the valley, everything in between L.A., Santa Monica, and the water all at the same time. So nice. I saw five different shows. That motherfucker got money. Mm. Whoever's house that was. If mm. you could see all of LA, mm-hmm. you got money. He got money. So let me know when we could all hang out. <laughs> Gio, what'd you do? Uh try to get into the games party. <laughs> you know what? Can I tell you? <laughs> Wait, tell me about that party. Lee um, was there. Well, it's funny because the, the when driving up to wherever house it was, like he was up in that that height where like your party, you could see literally everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I tried to get up into the party, man, but they was trying to tax dudes $100 and two bottles per dude. So did you go inside? No, sir, I did not. <laughs> okay, keep talking. Keep, so, so what did you do? So pretty much I just went down to the driveway where you could see the fireworks and looked at it. That's hysterical. <laughs> he went and see, he watched Did you really go down and look at it? Driveway. I really did. And then we went to my boy house and we just, we just smoked hookah and chilled. My 4th of July was whack, man. I was a little no, actually that was the first part. Then I got curved at this football party. <laughs> I couldn't even get on the shuttle bus because they was taxing two hundred dollars for, for being guys, a guy. For guys, man, boobs really do come in handy. Sucks. Men boobs have it hard. JJ. Men have it hard out here. I'm scrolling through my phone because I actually and, got the invite to the games. I have to read this invitation. And it's funny invitation. because like I know the game. Like he shows me love, but I'm like, damn. But I don't have his number in my phone. So I was just. I could have gave it to you. You I didn't ask me for it. He gonna be like, "Yo, nigga, who the hell is calling me?" Like I'm good. So so let me read you. Let me read to you this invitation to the games party because I was I was in Miami, but I I got it and it said, "Um, "Invite only unless it's to a bad bitch." LOL. Food will be provided and there will be an open alcohol bar and open weed bar provided by whatever. Then it goes in and it says, um, "Okay." All women must bring a swimsuit. This ain't none of this ain't one of them bitch I'm too cute to get in the water and I just got my hair done pool parties. Also required no men will be allowed entry unless you're equipped with one bottle of Ciroc and one bottle of either Patron or Hennessy. There will be no exceptions. We are begging you to leave your ugly friend at home. They tend to suck the energy out of the party and we don't want her to feel out of place or cause you to leave the party early. You feel bad and we are forced to be a good friend. We petty. That was the game's invite. It was a few ninja. T- it was a few uh, razor blades there though when I walked up. 
I can't believe that was the invite, but I could hear him actually First saying of all, that. As I read, when I got the invite, I read it and I was like, "This is so typed out by the game." And the, and the, ta- <laughs> and the hashtag was hashtag We Petty. Yeah, game's <laughs> funny. He's hilarious. So shout out to the game for um, standing by his word and not letting men in without bottles. Actually, he had a party once at Jason Derulo's house, and I I drove all the. I mean, I took an Uber to Jason Derulo's house, who lives way out in the valley, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking. I ain't on a list, and but I'm Jason Lee, and I know the game, and I know Jason. Um, I forgot my girl Jordan Sparks had broke up with Jason, and that's um, who you were with at the time. Like, no, I with, was friends with her though. No, but, okay, yeah. So when I show up at the house, they were like, uh, "Nah, we not letting you." So it took me about it took me about thirty five minutes to get in. But uh, shout out to Sincere who got me in eventually because I was just like, "I'm about to call the police and shut the party down." That's hysterical. Well, Jason had a Fourth of July pool party too, and I hit up Sincere, and I was like, "Yo, man, it's cool if I come through with my girl." He's like, "Nah." <laughs> really? It's private. I, I would private you, invite. People in Hollywood need to be be consistent, but this is why I really don't fuck with people no more. Because once, like, if you're my friend and I call you and I want to come somewhere, the politics of Hollywood yeah. shouldn't get away. Let me in the motherfucking party. Because if anything, I'm going to make your shit hot. Yeah. Exactly. And if you don't let him in, he's going to scorch the earth. Or call the police. So I see you you always go straight for you you I swear you'd like a Scorpio. No, like it's I like will, no, no middle ground. Either like, you know, it's all love or you're about we're going out in a blaze well, of glory. The, the funniest thing is that Jason Rulo's house, after I said I would call the police, the police actually rolled up. I had brought like four <laughs> bottles of liquor and I probably had like two of Floyd's boxers, one of which was seventeen at the time. He's a young mm-hmm. So I lined all the bottles up on the street and I'm looking at the police and I'm looking at them like, you know there's underage kids out here with all this liquor. <laughs> you know, but anyway, I got in and it was dope. Shout out to Jason. Dula. I like when I can't get in parties. It just makes me work harder. That's all. It makes me want to work harder. Yeah, but you know, and then just when you get to that level or whatever, you just don't ever forget. Exactly. Well, so speaking this, of parties, I was just at the... Well, uh, I didn't talk about my 4th oh, of July. Oh, I'm sorry. Damn. Sorry. Nick, sorry. That's true. I thought we were there. Sorry. Because <laughs> I, I already know what it's about. Because we talk. That's yeah. why we have to stop talking okay, sorry. every day. I, I don't, okay, fine. We won't talk anymore. So I caught a plane. I caught a flight. Um, from New Orleans. From New Orleans, I went to Essence Festival, mm-hmm. left Essence Festival, went to New, um, went to Miami, landed. Literally, as I was landing, Floyd was texting me saying, with the money team. Shout out to the money team, and they said, uh, "We're going on yachts, and we're leaving in thirty minutes." I was at the Fort Lauderdale airport, so I told this taxi driver, "I said, hey, bro, you gotta drive super fast." So he's like, "Okay, cool, cool." And I said, "And so he's driving, but moderately fast. He's he's breaking the speed limit, but he's not driving the way I would mm-hmm, be driving." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Listen, I'm going on a yacht with Floyd Mayweather, the money team. I will get you a picture with Floyd if you can drive as fast as you can, and I'll pay you a hundred dollars." That motherfucker was flying, breaking every law. <laughs> he, he was running people off the road. I mean, driving for his life. He had his phone in his hand. Needless to say, we literally—I swear to God—pulled up right behind Floyd and them as they pulled in. That's funny. He didn't get his photo. Oh shit. But, but I tipped him an extra $50. Good. And Floyd said hello to him, but he didn't want to take a picture. But, yeah, we went yachting. He rented um, three yachts. So we were out in the water watching the fireworks, and then all the yachts pulled up. I didn't know you can pull up and tie your yachts together. Uh-huh. So we were jumping from yacht to yacht. That's nice. Um, all I love our, that. All our stripper girls were I out there. I love when that happens. Wait, you and strippers was jumping from yacht to yacht? I wasn't jumping because okay, I, was I, I got a slight brother. knee injury. I was sitting there sipping on some Ciroc and playing old uh, 90s music. <laughs> That's funny. It did look like a good time from your Snapchat. It looked hectic. I look. I think that I would have been hiding somewhere. Well, he asked me, the and then he says, where's Melissa at? I was like, she been, she's ready to come out here. Mm, yep. It was a crazy. It was a crazy week. So yep. we did a lot of. Um, you lot just got to. You, you got to be prepared to hang out with Floyd. Sometimes you Jeez. have to be rested up. Yeah, you do. You do have to be rested up, and then you need like a vitamin drip. See, you know, right afterwards. when a woman, right when when a woman gets a man that can go all night long, you complain. What? 
his time. Meaning he can go all night long. Activities. Who? Oh, Floyd. <laughs> Floyd. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Well, that was my week in recap. So Melissa was supposed to call me back last night and didn't because she was hanging out with a bunch of athletes at the ESPYs. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you go to the ESPYs and ESPY parties is you run into a bunch of athletes. So tell me what you happened. Know, it was, I mean, it's a good party. You know, is in my opinion, it's the one of the best parties that gets thrown all year long in L.A. After the awards, there's a, a massive party that happens, and the production level is just, ugh, it's top-notch. You know, there's, like, buffet all around the entire, you know, it's like the parking structure at L.A. Live. So it's, like, 150,000 square feet. And it's just beautiful and well-lit. Sheila E. and the time were performing. I was like, Wow. Did you was, run did you run into LeBron or did you see LeBron? I saw LeBron at his party afterwards. Was so, his hairline there? I was gonna say, did his hairline change since he's won the championship? It was really dark. It <laughs> the was, hairline or the lighting? The lighting. It was oh, really okay. it was really dark. And by that time I'd had quite a bit of vodka. So Melissa says to me, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna cover back. I'm going in a party, I'm gonna cover right back. So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Like then, you know, she has Snapchat now. I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> Snapchat really is a locator. It's really like if a motherfucker's not calling you back or texting you, you go to Snapchat, and if they've posted in the last five or ten minutes, fuck them, because they really ain't your friend. So I'm waiting for her call, and she doesn't call. So I go to her Snapchat. I'm like, let me go see. 18 minutes ago, Melissa Ford, she turned up at the party. I just went to sleep because I was like, fuck it. She's clearly been sipping, and she's not going to be calling me back. Yeah, I was. I, I had been sipping all night long. Yeah, I totally skipped the buffet and just went straight to the bar. All night long. So. so I was supposed to say, I like this side of you that comes out when you've been drinking. I oh saw my the God. snap. You like, leaning in that chair like you've been drinking today. I'm I'm hungover. <laughs> Are you really? I am. Like I'm I'm going through it right now. I'm going through it. But you look good. It. You look great. Thanks. You know, I think that that's just happiness, you know, rating out of me. Radiating, sorry. Oh, you <laughs> messed up a word. You messed Wait, up a word. She typically knows the big words, but you just messed up a radiating. <laughs> Did I say what? <laughs> Did I say something? You, I think, no, I said mess. I didn't say Mexican. I said okay. messed up. Lord, this show is going south. So look, last week we had like the most epic interview ever mm. so far. We interviewed Floyd Money Mayweather for five straight hours. Yeah. Felt like I was watching Roots, boxing edition. <laughs> and we're getting thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of views. We're getting pickups. Shout out to Complex and World Star and everybody out there picking us up. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you think about the interview? What did you learn or what did you think about it? Well, what I was really impressed with um, in terms of Floyd was how candid he was, you know, mm-hmm. because he intimidates people, obviously. And so, you know, you and I, you know, we discussed what we were going to talk about, what we were, what was possibly off limits and what he would address. And he came in just ready to go and talked about everything. Yeah. You know, and I think that another thing that was, you know, kind of impressive is the fact that, you know, He's been made fun of for, you know, not being able to articulate thought or whatever it was that 50 said about him. And that's just simply not the case, you know, and you can tell that he thinks about his answers right before he gives them. So, I mean, it's it's always like a it's always an awesome interview when you find when you learn something about somebody that you might not have known before. So I thought it was dope, you know, and um, five and a half hours. Jesus Lord, that's <laughs> but we 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 did it, man. What did you, it. What'd you think? I think it was really good. I think people got to see a side of Floyd that um, they really don't see. And you know, it's so funny because a lot of people try to get Floyd to come on, and he tells them no. But the fact that we were able to get that exclusive was really humbling. And um, 
I seen a lot of people talking about that, like, man, such and such was trying to get them, and he told them, no, how y'all get them? Well, I didn't see such and such, but I definitely see Hot 97. Okay, I, 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 you know, <laughs> listen, here's, here's the deal. I know Ebro, who's the program director over at Hot 97. Mm-hmm. We grew, we were from the same area. He was over at Power uh, 102.5 I in Sacramento. I did not know that you and Ebro go that far back. I, I have pictures with Ebro. I can't find them, but I have pictures of me, Ebro, and Drew Hill. <gasps> Hilarious. I have, I have, find those I don't even know, pictures. I don't even know Hilarious. where they are. Find them. First of all. Because I'm e- going to blackmail e- him e- with them. I was super skinny. Ebro had dreadlocks. It was like years. I'm talking wow. about years. This is back probably when he was. Yeah, this was years. But anyway, he, he forgot about me. But that's cool. So That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I saw these commenters saying that Hot 97 was trying to get this interview and that he wouldn't. So I asked Floyd about it. We didn't get to finish the conversation because he had another call. But. Basically, the one thing that I got from what he said and in the experience of the actual interview was that we literally allowed him and we do all of our guests to mm-hmm. feel comfortable and just talk from the heart mm-hmm. and we don't try to trap them into a soundbite. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's why we've gotten so many really good soundbites because yeah. people are just talking. Yeah. And they feel safe. So shout out to uh, to Floyd. I mean, that was um, an amazing interview. And some people criticized and said, well, his kids shouldn't have been in the room while... We had some of those conversations because we talked about sex and this and that. But if they remember from the very beginning, he said, I don't hide anything from my kids. Yeah. My kids know me. And I think that's why they're such amazing kids. So. Yeah. Yeah. Shut I up. mean, I, 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 another touching part about it was when he talked about Earl and his kids got emotional. He got emotional. And it's, you know, that was a situation that he, you know, shied away from talking about because, you know, he didn't want to talk about it until he was ready. Um, And he was criticized about that and how he handled the situation. But, I mean, you don't really know how somebody's going to cope with death unless you're in that position. You don't even know how you're going to cope with it. I just had, you know, a a very close friend of mine from my show, um, Blood, Sweat, and Heels, Daisy Llewellyn, pass away. And I have been constantly surprised by the reaction that I've had to her death. Like, it's been a learning process for me in how I've been coping with it. It's different when your parent dies because my father passed away a long time ago. That's completely different when it's a girlfriend, when it's somebody who's close to you in age and you just see that you know, they're just not going to be able to con- you know, do the things that you ha- have the ability to do. She wanted to have kids. She wanted to get married and all these dreams are gone for her. It's just so different. So, you know, I- I'm I'm glad he got a chance to address how that really affected him because people were, you know, very hard on him about you know, that whole situation. Well, and I'm also learning, <clears throat> I'm learning a lot from him indirectly too. Like by watching somebody of that public, of that magnitude in the public eye mm. be criticized for everything. Like no matter what he does, like nobody is, I mean, he said he's gotten his kids um, scholarships to any school they want to go to. So mm-hmm. in terms of ed- education, if you're going to attack him for your perception of him not being able to read or whatever the banter was between mm-hmm. him and 50, at least praise him for that. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he does have a huge staff that he takes for takes care of the fact that he does um, donate to cancer research. I mean, there's just looking at all the criticism that he gets and knowing him, it's, it's a learning experience for me that like the people that are outside of your circle don't matter Mm -hmm. good or bad. Like I, if you praise me on one hand or criticize me on the next, I literally don't even absorb it because it's all temporary. Yeah. yeah, And we're talking about the party right now. You know, you know, somebody on Friday at playhouse then on Saturday at Jason Derulo house, you don't know him like that shit to me. So that's why I literally have just kind of like fallen back into my own little world, my own mm-hmm. little bubble, mm-hmm. because I know what's real over here. Yeah. So shout out to Floyd. That interview was dope. That, that interview was, was it's, it's, it's the gift that just keeps on giving. It does. You know. So this past week, the country has just been in like 
Complete upheaval. Just turmoil with everything that's happening. Coming off the cusp of the whole speech that Jesse Williams gave at the BET Awards, mm-hmm. we've had two police shootings that have been very public and have gone viral with Alton Sterling and Philando Castile. Mm-hmm. We've had a huge reaction to that from both the celebrity community and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, on t- then right after that, soon after that, um, we had a shooting in Dallas that. I guess 12 police officers were shot, five were murdered Mm -hmm. by an African-American guy who allegedly killed him because he was tired with all these shootings. Mm -hmm. So when it happened, I was sitting here trying to think about it. And this show is typically funny. There's there's no humor in anything that we're getting ready to talk about. Yeah. I was actually sitting and thinking, like, how I felt. I didn't post anything on social media. I didn't say anything about it because I really was torn. We had a completely different reaction to it. And the reason is, is because you've been through this before. When Trayvon Martin was murdered, you were so active in the development of the campaign um, to raise awareness for this, you know, the basically what's become the Black Lives Matter movement. You were you're like this with his family, you know, so So let's talk about that because we did. And I actually felt bad. For people that are, let me let me catch them up. Okay, mm. so when Trayvon Martin died, I had a personal connection to that because my brother had been murdered. I had been a gunshot victim. I felt, I felt what his brother was feeling losing a brother. So I reached out to them, and instead of posting on social media and talking, I create a social awareness campaign. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, around the time that Trayvon Martin was murdered, that was one of the first of these type of mm-hmm. situations mm-hmm. in this era of social media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I felt like we'll create a social media campaign. For people that don't know, my employment, my job, my career before entertainment, I was a union leader. Mm-hmm. So it was all about how do you develop a message? How do you develop a call to action? How do you organize? So that I try to apply all of those skills to that. Then I felt like I went through the whole experience of how they over-politicized that, mm-hmm. how everybody wanted to be on it because it was hot, and that's mm-hmm. what people were talking about. It was trendy. It wasn't mm-hmm. really about change. Mm-hmm. So I just dropped it and I stopped. Mm-hmm. When this happened, I was torn because part of me feels like we keep posting on social media, we keep creating campaigns, and that's supposed to make people aware of a problem. Mm-hmm. Now that we all know there's a problem, there should be a call to action of now we have to do this, whether it's create new legislation or programs or whatever. Mm -hmm. I felt like that was missing. And then you posted and I was somewhere and you were posting and you were very angry. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, because it's still up on my Instagram um, page. I mean, I don't post and delete um, 99% of the time. Um, And uh, why did I feel like I was really frustrated I was really angry. Um, I think it was because the video footage was just so... Not to say that anything else that's been caught on tape hasn't been, you know, graphic. Eric Garner, that is very stressful to watch. It's, it's, a, it's horrible to, to see. But these two, there was just something about them that it was just... I, I literally could start crying thinking about what it looked like. I, I had to like avert my eyes after seeing it for the first time. And it was just, it was, it was cold blooded murder. But That's with, just but what, what it you, was. But what you had posted on social media that so, I got from it. And yeah. I apologize no, no, to you because yeah. I, I, I was politicizing your reaction to it. Mm-hmm. A little bit. No, a lot of bit. Okay. Okay. Thank you you posted, you posted a real reaction yeah. to what was happening. Yeah. And my response to you was, Mm, let's not take let's stay on message yeah let's not attack who people were perceiving as the kardashians or black china or other people who are are um benefiting from the black culture but now not standing up for the issues mm-hmm. that were 
mm-hmm. plague our community. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, mm, I just kind of feel like you shouldn't do that or this and that. And you were very clear about why you felt the need to do it. And so I apologize because I got caught up in what has been frustrated with me. Yeah. The political process of evaluating how we react to something like that. Jason and I on, are on opposite ends of the spectrum where you are zero filter. Always, you know, just like whatever you think, it falls out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's just, yeah. And some, sometimes what I think goes in my mouth, too. <laughs> oh, anyway, no jokes. No okay, jokes, okay, no, 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 jokes. no, okay, okay. Sorry. Um, so we're com- on complete ends of the spectrum, whereas me, the industry, I've been in it for almost 20 years, has conditioned me to be a diplomacy artist. I'm constantly thinking before I speak. You know, that's why you never see me going on Twitter rants and airing out my dirty laundry. And if I have a relationship with somebody and it falls apart, we're beefing on social. You'll never, ever, ever see me. I just I I look at that and I think that I am. I just come from different stock. Like, I think that that's a little not it's not the classiest thing to do. And I just it's just not meant for public consumption. But on that particular day, I, I had to go with what my feelings were. And I was like, I don't do this enough. And maybe this is why people, you know, haven't really felt like they've gotten to know me. Um, why they're only just like obsessed with the image and not the so person. So maybe for people who haven't seen it, what did you say? So basically what you said is that I launched into a tirade on Snapchat and then I posted on Instagram. And I was just really, really frustrated with people who do capitalize off of cultural appropriation. You know, who are married with, you know, black husbands, have black children or whatever the case is, have black friends, what Whatever it is that you do, you know, I'm not even going to go into the hairstyles or whatever it is, but you're silent when this is happening. Like, what do you like? Mm. How are you silent right now? How are you not moved to speak on it, to say something? You're just quiet. I mean, I don't I don't care if your publicity team is coming up with, you know, this well drawn out message. Nobody gives a shit about that. What are you feeling Mm. as a human being watching this murder take place in front of your eyes? This is disgusting. And that was just basically my point. I wasn't I wasn't picking on anybody in particular, but of course people drew a lot of parallels to what I was saying. And listen, if it affected you and, you know, you saw truth in what I was saying as if it relates to you, well then, oh well. Right. That's just that was just my point. So, you know, you could did you see my diatribe on You know uh, what? <clears throat> Instagram? I attempted I did it, to, and but I did you had the face mask I, on. I, so I did, <laughs> I did, did that. You want and I did that on purpose because I wanted to be I wanted to take glamour out of it. Mm. I didn't I didn't want to be Melissa Ford delivering. I wanted to be like a concerned citizen of the US. I wanted to see a, a concerned member of the human race. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I wanted. So I just I wanted to take everything else away well, from the looked, moment. From the little screenshots and the little bit that I did see, um I couldn't hear it cuz my speaker's messed up, but you seemed like he was really passionate and really in tune with everything was going on like I even put a little video up not extensive as yours but the one video that I really did admire that kind of went viral with less than an hour was shout out to Peter Rosenberg oh yeah that was great he had said everything that I felt and that he said he said everything that people should say but he finally said it so if people don't know Peter Rosenberg is a personality a radio personality on Hot 97 in New York and he had a cop on um the on the line and he was basically basically trying to get this cop to admit this was murder 
you know, you 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 do know that. And the cop was hemming and hawing and, you know, trying to be diplomatic. And he went off. He was like, that's part of the problem is that that thin blue line, that 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 code of silence that you guys have is making you all look bad. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what that's what's making you look bad. It's making it look like you justify you can find justification for what happened. And that's bullshit. Well, th- yeah. There's been a lot of criticism. So yeah. I want to I'm probably going to be a little controversial on this. Go ahead. So I'm torn on a couple of things. Okay. Um, so I saw something online. Uh, I don't know, Instagram or Twitter, but somebody said something like, if, blacks li- if black lives matter, should every, to, if black lives matters or should matter to everybody else, it should matter to black people first. Right. They keep drawing that parallel between black on black crime. So and, let me kind of put yeah. that out there. Mm-hmm. I'm torn on that because okay. I understand both sides of that. Mm-hmm. I understand that black lives matter and the campaign for black people is important and critical for many reasons because- all lives can't matter until black lives do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. And I also understand the frustration of people who are getting frustrated with mixing the two arguments together because it somehow dilutes the big picture issue for mm-hmm. black people. Mm-hmm. But I feel that if you look at crime rate of African-Americans shooting, I've been shot. Mm-hmm. All of my brothers have been shot. Mm-hmm. We've all been shot by people of mm-hmm. color. Uh, my brother was murdered by a woman of color. And when you look at it, I think that like the Black Lives Matter movement should be also s- parallel to this, mm-hmm. creating programs mm-hmm. to educate and empower black people in black in urban communities. Mm-hmm. I feel like in many ways when Floyd talked about not using the word nigga and having social independent social responsibility, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have lost that because you do have our show, The Love and Hip Hops and the cultural things that kind of drive a narrative that may not be the most positive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like there's no self-restraint and there's no self-control when it comes to dealing with our own people. Most of the problems that I have in business have been with African-American people. Mm-hmm. Most of the experiences I've had, negative experiences, life experiences I've had, have been with black people. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that have supported me and gone behind me have been not non-black people, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. So I kind of feel like I understand both arguments. I also understand the rage in killing police officers. I'm not saying that I support it or I would never endorse it publicly, but when those cops died... I felt the retribution. I would be lying if I said the retribution didn't feel good. And I think a lot of people felt when they died, not again, being very clear. I have family members. Two of my sisters are in law enforcement. I would never support that. But when they died, I felt a sense of retribution that made me feel good. (sighs) It's hard to say. I, 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 know what it, I know what you're saying. I, I totally know what you're saying. I literally knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I called it the day before. I was talking to... Jada a, Pinkett said it too. She I, said desperate people do desperate things. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was talking about what was happen, happening because he was acting like all, you know, love is all we need, man. And I was just <laughs> like, yo, take that hippie shit down the fucking street, dude. Because that's not what's happening. Like, acknowledge... like. Let's just have a conversation about I was trying to have a conversation with him about what was happening. I was like, listen, what's going to happen is anarchy isn't going to ensue. And I'd use that word very specifically because that's exactly what was going to happen. I was going to be it's going to be all out chaos and there's going to be a war on the cops. There's going to be some vigilante that's going to come along and he's going to shoot up a bunch of cops. And I was like, and if it doesn't turn into a movement, that will actually surprise me Mm. the next day on the news. The Dallas protests and then the 
12 cops shot. I was like, I knew it. And then this is what pisses me off about that is the fact that the narrative has now flipped upside down and it's blue lives matter. It's just like, okay, listen, for God's sake, everybody. Not only that, but let's let's continue to look a little broader than that. And not only that, sorry to cut you, but what also it just they want to connect this one individual who may have been sympathetic to the Black Lives Matter movement, but he doesn't represent the movement. His actions don't represent the movement. We've just had two years of mainly peaceful, uh, national peaceful protests. And in one fell swoop, the intentions, the altruistic intentions of millions of people in this country going to protest and trying to like really promote this message and look for a solution has been wiped away. But I'll go back and say this. We've marched for decades. Marching is tired. Yeah, no, no, no. Wait, I'm, wait. I'm all Hands about up fashion. campaigns yeah. are tired. Begging people to respect us because we're African-American is tired. Again, I'm not people that are watching this are going to say, oh, he supports killing police and all that. I don't support that. But I do believe that that has sent a piercing message to everybody mm-hmm. that it's not okay and that people are going to react a certain way. Yeah. Now, God forbid it become an epidemic and you start seeing this happening all over the country because people are to a point to where now what do you do? We had a situation where we went to uh, Coachella, mm-hmm. got into it with the police, mm-hmm. and I was irate on 10, yeah. telling them I knew my rights telling them this, that, and I actually knew my rights, so mm-hmm. I backed them into a corner where they couldn't do shit but mm-hmm. film me and I could film them. Mm-hmm. But that's what it's come to now that when we talk to the people who are supposed to be protecting us, that we have to be fearful because you were saying and and Lee was saying, leave over here before come from over here before you get shot. Yeah, because that's exactly what we felt. There was the potential for you being harmed by the cops. Like, you know, I mean, the smartest thing that could have happened, the the best thing that could have come out of that situation with Philando Castillo, which none, nothing about that is good. I mean, he and God damn the media for trying to look for the smallest way to villainize him. And you can't because he was perfect. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a criminal record. He was, he, he was just a, good good guy he actually worked with kids exactly like he's just a Mm -hmm. good guy and they looked for a way they tried to find a criminal record just to post that stupid shit on but the best thing that his girlfriend could have done was live stream through facebook not like record a video because god knows what could have happened she got a lot of criticism too for being able to film that while it was happening i mean well you know what i mean i've been in a traumatic situation like that i personally don't think i could have the strength to do it but shout out to her for being able to do it because had she not we wouldn't even be. You know talking. what? Listen, yeah. th- let me welcome to the world of being a woman and knowing how to knowing how to deal with things when a catastrophe is happening around you. I mean, like, look what ha- like just having children. There's always shit going on when you have kids, you know, I mean, and I know this from just being an auntie or, you know, babysitting my friend's kids like you have to remain calm in a in a in a in a, in a situation where like it's like where there's hei- chaos. Uh, exactly where there's a heightened sense of in- intensity. And she saw what was happening and she could she she did a broad stroke thought her her process was a broad stroke and thank god for her there's why would anybody criticize if she didn't do what she did we wouldn't know the truth you know so fuck all her critics yeah yeah i mean no i, I concur with you 100% you know like just to pick it back what you said i remember a time where i used to want to be a police officer and now i'm at the i'm at the point now where i see a cop and i, I stiff up I straighten up. I'm how you doing, sir? Good to see you, sir. And and that's and that's scary. Like that's really really scary, you know. And I think I encourage all black people to to, to know your rights. I mean, to find out all your constitutional rights and and what's okay and what's not okay. 
Well, I mean, I got a shocker for both of you. Mm. What's that? I used to work in the probation department. <laughs> Hilarious. My badge number, seriously, my, my badge. Ross? Wait, no, my badge number was 69. <laughs> it was like an internal joke, but whatever. But let me tell you. So I, so I worked as a probation officer, but I was assigned to juvenile probation. I was assigned to juvenile detention. Mm -hmm. The whole reason I got that job was because I felt like since I was a kid who was in foster care and my father was a correction officer, my mother was a correction officer, mm -hmm. maybe this is my way of getting in to help kids who are at risk like me. Mm -hmm. Found out that it was completely the opposite, that like the 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 government system, the judicial system, it's all a business. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that benefit from that business. And so after about three years of doing that work, um, I decided to take the department on to change it and start filing lawsuits and different things. I ended up getting fired and winning my lawsuit, mm -hmm. but I left charging them with racism, charging them with racial discrimination. They would walk around freely calling the kids niggers and even one of the supervisors, um, and I'll tell you, this was at the Stanislaw County Probation Department. Shout out to Modesto. Racist as fuck. My sister still <laughs> works there, so don't mess with her or else we're coming for you. But <laughs> one of the supervisors there, his name is Leonard Higginbotham. This is the type of, <laughs> these type of people that work there. Leonard Higginbotham actually came in with a bow and arrow, pointed it at me as if I was an animal. And they never fired him. He's still there. He got promoted. He's like one of the top officers there. You have That's the most crazy. outrageous stories. This is a true story. What's his last name again? Higginbotham. I his sister works there. It's like this incestuous pool of people. But there's a lot of good people that, that still work there. But what I learned, what I saw myself was, as an African-American inside the system, you can't change it. So yeah. on the outside, how helpless we all feel you know, you can't be mad that some people are going to outrageous situations. And all these celebrities, let me just say, all these celebrities that are doing these beautiful campaigns and tributes and this and that, Beyonce just did one, love her, Alicia Keys, all these people, that's all great. But social awareness is a part of a social movement. But mm -hmm. if there's no action and no call to action, you ain't doing shit. You tell us there's a problem. We know there's a problem. Kevin Hart frustrated on his Instagram. You can't pour money at the problem. You can't go and do videos. You actually have to put together real programs or get behind legislation to change things well, and use your power to do that. Well, Game seems to be, you know, really, really tired of just the talking. And they um, had this rally where they basically said women and children stay home. Um, it was hella early, so I wasn't going. Um, no, I'm kidding. But... Um, <laughs> You know, he was like, everybody leave your weapons at home. We're going down to, I guess, L.A., you know, it's one of the police departments or whatever. And there was a new recruitment class that was graduating that day. And he, you know, they took that as the opportunity to, you know, introduce themselves to the new cops. You know, these are the ones that are about to just, you know, kind of flood our streets and, you know, taking the oath to serve and protect. Well, how about you meet some of your, you know, John Q. Public, you know your mm -hmm. your your everyday citizens. We're here. You need. Let's shake hands. Let's get to know each other because that seems to be what part of the problem is. Is there's a whole bunch of cops who are patrolling areas that they're not really familiar with. They're not from those areas. They don't know. They 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 have no kind of attachment or connection to the community other than it just being a beat. And in that way, how can you patrol an area if you don't you know an, a particular neighborhood or a community? and not bother to get to know what, you know, like the the heartbeat of that community, mm -hmm. you know, how it lives and breathes. It's basically an organism, mm -hmm. you know, and so that's where a lot of misunderstandings can happen. So, you know, like I I commend him on um, he, he is, boy, he is, he is vocal. The, well, the problem, too, <laughs> was the game Snoop and Problem. Problem, they, three rappers, they went down mm -hmm. there. People forget about problem. He we was there. Yeah, problems a homie. Shout out to problem. And I think the other thing that that the game did too that was really amazing 
was um, that he, his son wanted to do something positive. And mm -hmm. so he he supported his son starting a GoFundMe account. Apparently they raised about $69,000 for an officer in Arkansas named T. Norman, who's big on social media, just surpassed a million followers, who's known, who has been known mm -hmm. for being very positive in urban communities with, uh, with um, kids that look like us. Mm -hmm. And so shout out to him and shout out to his son for doing that. He got a lot of criticism saying, why don't you just donate the money? And I was actually with Floyd when all this was happening, and Floyd was just... He really didn't know what to do either because he said, if I give money, it's like... Listen, you can't win for losing. Yeah, that's what he was you, saying. You, you, can't, you can't win for losing. And you know what's so... F and, and another thing... Like oh, when, but let me finish. Oh, so so shout out to the game and his son, Harlem, for raising the um, $69,000 so that T. Norman can buy toys and continue to give toys out to kids in urban Somebody communities. Somebody criticized Game for not just handing over the 50000 He was just like, motherfucker, I could give the 50000 but I'm, my try son. I'm trying to let my son, yeah. you know, yeah. do this on his own. You know, he's, he's being proactive, and isn't that what we want from our kids? Like, the criticism that celebrities face is just... You know, and people will be like, well, this is the life that you asked but for. Here's Look, the but, but here's the problem. But here's that. the problem. People don't know what to do right now. I don't even know what to do. That's the thing is everyone's confused just because you just because people stick cameras in our faces or mics in our faces or whatever the case is. Or we run with a ball or but whatever. I don't, I don't even think it's just celebrity. I think it's people in general. Right now, people don't know what to do. Protesting is not working. Signing petitions is not working. No, but what I was going to say was be, after like I posted a bunch of stuff on my social media pages, you know, my rant and whatever, a couple of pe a couple of, you know, followers just basically tried to come for me and saying, you're just posting and you're going to forget about this. And this, da, 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 da. and it's just like, what's like, why are you coming for me? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to use my tiny little platform to basically show where my, what my mindset is right now and figure out just where I can be best utilized. I don't know where that is, but I'm smart enough to know that I will figure it out eventually and I will commit because that's who I am. So don't fucking come for me. Yeah. But again, I, I, you know, I think in the absence of leadership, there's confusion and there's chaos and there is no real face of a leader at this in this era because social media has kind of changed all that. Right. Mm -hmm. Back in the day when you had Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and different people, you didn't have social media. So we all looked to one person who was organizing. But if you think about what they were doing, we're not doing that. We aren't organizing. The game problem, Snoop, and all these people organizing right now, once this dies down, because it will, mm -hmm. like President Obama said, we'll be back to business as usual. That's not a criticism of the game. That's not a criticism of Snoop. But you have to have people whose lives are dedicated to creating tangible things you want people to do to drive this. Now, I want to I say one thing, too, because we're criticizing a lot of the police. Um, there are a lot of good police out there. There are a lot of good police who are unfortunately catching heat because of these these instances that are becoming quite more than few. And so we want to recognize that. But there's also a lot of good black people out there. There's mm -hmm. a lot of good African-Americans and Latinos and people who are being victimized. So I think it's it's kind of like a weird place where like, you know, I was even talking to Karen Civil yesterday and I said, Karen, what do you think? And she was like, man, I'm in I'm like in a weird place. Mm -hmm. I, I work with two rappers who are gang affiliated. Mm -hmm. And I am leading the social campaign for Hillary Clinton, who's running for president. Yeah, that is a hell of and a she's conundrum. Like, she's, <laughs> like, she's, she's like, you know, our community has responsibility mm -hmm. in how we, our community has responsibility to one another, which is what I was feeling. So we connected, but both of us were afraid to say it publicly. Yeah. Because if you think about it, we're doing a lot. If you think about statistically and numbers wise, 
we aren't even as outraged at the fact that we are doing far more violence to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't need to bring up Chicago. We don't need to bring up Watts or L.A., mm -hmm. just in general. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you it's a time where it's creating a conversation, but now the conversation is becoming so convoluted that people are just confused, like me. Yeah. On where to start. Yeah. Um, but but last night at the ESPYs, um, you know, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, LeBron, and Dwayne Wade took to the stage and opened with a very moving um, tribute that I thought was amazing because they took that huge platform to mm -hmm. um, talk about issues that are important to all of us. And there's so many young black boys and girls who look up to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you th What did you think? I think I was. It was amazing. It was about three minutes and thirty seconds of pure passion. Even though they were reading off a teleprompter, it, they seemed real it was very real it didn't seem rehearsed it seemed like and and miraculously they got through the teleprompter with no stuttering no uhs no hesitation because it was really speaking from a true place it's really really good dead silence in the whole theater just focus on them it was very 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 good very good i think that um you know they're not standing there as you know these these world-class athletes they're mm -hmm. standing there as parents exactly you know carmelo has a son um, you know, uh, Chris Paul, I, I think he's got a, he has a little son. He has a little son. Um, LeBron, he's got, he's got a little boy, doesn't he? Got he got like two, two, two little sons. boys. Yeah. Right. So they're standing, I felt like they, you know, them doing that, it was them standing there as parents, genuinely concerned for, um, for the future of their children, you know, and it's, it's, it's really intimidating. You know, I just had a girlfriend at my house this weekend. Um, she's one of my very best friends. She's got two little boys and they are, you know, if they're given the opportunity to grow up, mm. you know, which is unfortunate that's, that I even have to preface wow. it that way. If they're given the, and given the opportunity to grow up, they're so well behaved. They're such gentlemen. They are going to be really, they're going to be contributing members of society. But that's if they're given the opportunity to grow up, that they don't cross paths with some fucking hillbilly with a gun and a badge, mm -hmm. you know, or that they're not walking down the street in their own communities and, right. you know, they're, they're, but, they're, they but become go, a casualty of war. I'll go a step further to say it was great, but mm -hmm. you got to do more. Yeah. An SB speech is not going to make young black boys and girls safe in these communities. And it's not going to make these uh, officers aware. When you look at what Nancy Reagan did around drug awareness with the... Um, war on drugs. Yeah, just say no and all Just that. say no, yeah. war on drugs. That penetrated, that message penetrated, but then they actually put together actual programs. Mm -hmm. When you look at Pete Wilson's racist ass, who was our governor in California, creating the three strikes law. It scared the shit out of people, creating a lot of crimes, even though we know that was a fucked up law. It actually made people think like, damn, I got two strikes. If I, if I, I'm going to take this chance, but I know if I get caught, I'm out. Yeah. Not to say that the, that the flaw was definitely flawed. The law was definitely flawed. But if you look at it, they were actual, they were actual steps that are called to actions of people to make things change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like right now, if we keep talking about it, like that social media post of the SBs is so far down my feed right now that if somebody didn't see it yesterday and is not looking today, it'll be gone. Right. But if you're, but between LeBron. Who was it? Carmelo, Chris Paul, LeBron, and Dwayne. Dwayne. Yeah. They can pull together millions of dollars oh, to yeah. actually create programs. Mm -hmm. what, what's going to happen? So I challenge every celebrity listening, watching, or that hears this, and everybody that has a platform, big or small, share this, tag them. Same with Chris Brown. Sitting up and, 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 and saying, you know, we should do this, we should do this. I'm, I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired. What's happening is all this dialogue is creating unrest of people who aren't living these comfortable lifestyles to just go out in communities and react. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's just a bigger social responsi responsibility where people uh, that have these platforms that have the money 
and have the relationships. Because I've seen Floyd pick up the phone and call a thousand people and or whatever and make things happen. These people have to do more. Right. So just my own criticism. I no, I agree. I mean, I think that you know there there definitely has to be a you know strategies put into place. And you know when it comes to leadership and the lack thereof, you know, I, I was thinking about that as well. It's, I was thinking about a million different things while all this stuff was happening, and I was like, who are our leaders? You know, who is it that we can stand behind? Who is it that we believe has a strong sense of integrity and doesn't have, you know, a checkered past or whatever the case was that can like, you know, mar the message or whatever the case was. And I thought about one person in in particular, her name's uh, Tamika Mallory. Um, She's a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, I've I've participated in the, you know, Reverend Al Sharpton's uh, National Action Network, um, done a lot of panels, you know, women empowerment stuff. And she's always there. And she's, you know, she is a victim of gun violence. I believe that it was her husband or her fiance that was shot and killed. Um, And so she just kind of instead of more, you know, instead of just, you know, kind of, you know, going into a hole, she allowed it to galvanize her spirit and she became this you know, little powerhouse and she's this cutest little thing, but boy, you should hear her mouth. Like she's just amazing, amazing to witness. And I just don't think that there's enough of her, but she's the type of person that people need to stand behind and she's really highly intelligent. So, you know, in terms of, and maybe this, and maybe this day in this day and age with social media, there doesn't need to be one identified leader because your platform is your platform. Mine is mine. This radio shows a platform Mm -hmm. to keep talking about it. Yeah. Again, I just go back to, you know, my experience in working in a union, you know, what coalition do we have to really get on one page? I worked in an organization, Kaiser, with the union where we had 30 unions and each union had its own agenda. But we all had common goals and common things we wanted to be able to achieve with Kaiser. So we all had to come together and say, all the leaders of all the unions had to come together and say, first of all, let's establish a coalition and then let's talk about how we govern and let's talk about how we reach consensus on the issues that affect all the people that we lead. Mm. That took a lot of hard work. That took a lot of hours. It took a lot of resources. But guess what? It was the most beneficial, which is why Kaiser's the biggest HMO in the country, Mm -hmm. most successful. But I kind of feel like, who do we talk to? So do we call Russell? And then we call, um, who who else do we call? Do we get the same people in the room? Oprah. But everybody that has all their own interests have to have less of an ego to come together and find one common issue to focus on. Yeah. I don't know if we can do that. And that's usually part of the problem, too, is when it comes to because, you know, I used to um, uh, I've been a a huge advocate for um, AIDS awareness and prevention, specifically in the African-American community. I've done that for many, many years. And part of the problem when it comes to, you know, charitable organizations that support, you know, the eradication of AIDS and HIV is just like the the disbursement of money. Where is it supposed to go? Who is it that's actually putting money into, you know, I don't know, uh, scientific research or whatever the case is, like, you know, or going to hospitals or going to hospices, victims, whatever the case is, um, drug research, whatever the case is. You know, everybody, it, it just seems like at the end of the day when it comes to an issue, um, Ego plays such a huge role in how far things actually go and or if they fall flat, mm-hmm. you know, and that I think that that's something that, you know, really has to kind of be put to the side at this point and why we've it has just been a a message without a solution. 
Well, during Floyd's interview, he said one thing that I've always believed in. He said that in order to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. Yeah. And I feel like in many ways that, you know, I'm not threatened by anybody who has the ability to make an idea I have better. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that the way I receive it is going to be easy. Mm -hmm. Maybe I may push back, I may fight it, but at least I listen, I evaluate it, and I always come back to say, you know, you're right, or let's do this, or let's do that. And I feel like right now there's not one leader stepping up and bringing everybody to the table for some type of conference or some type of conversation. And there's so many people out there. I said, Russell, there's different people that have the influence to say, you know, I want to do it. Now, if you can create all these things that make you well or make you wealthier, but you can't see the ability that you have to use that same power for good and that you can still make money from. Mm -hmm. You can still make money in the space of philanthropy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just kind of feel like it takes me back to a conversation I had once when I interviewed Kathy Ireland, this uh, supermodel who became a, a mogul in, in entrepreneurialism. She said she read a book that, that was called When Helping Hurts. Mm-hmm. And it talked about when we're so eager to help that we do things actually hurt us from being able to progress. Mm-hmm. I read the book. The book was really um, amazing. And I really feel like in many ways, a lot of us want to help, but we don't know how. And mm-hmm. some of our efforts are actually hurting us. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I, I just saw one of my editors post on Hollywood Unlocked the other day, a picture of a group of um, Asians mm. holding a sign that said that. Asians believe black lives matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at least the movement is becoming more diverse. Uh, more people are starting to stand with. I've been seeing, you know, white Americans saying that we believe mm-hmm. that black lives matters and stop. Um, stop talking about all lives matters because it doesn't until black lives do. I mean, Jennifer Lopez is being dragged to hell because mm. she posted hashtag all lives matter after she performed with, um, uh, Lynn Manuel, uh, dude from uh, that the Hamilton play, and she was on Good Morning America, or mm-hmm. one of the, the morning shows, and she hashtagged a picture of them saying "All Lives Matter." Well, suddenly a lot of her fans are no longer her fans. My God, people! Well, let, let's. Like, let's I, I mean, I, I understand. But let's slow down I and am- put it in context. She created a song in response to the killings in Orlando, which we forgot about because there were more killings that took the media stage. Mm-hmm. She did a song about the gay community and saying all lives matter related to that, I believe. Yeah. Well, because in the midst of her creating a song and a marketing campaign to market that in support of the gay LGBTQ community, she gets attacked because that's just ridiculous. That's crazy. It is. I mean, I just wish people would stop. If you say all lives matter... You know, you're like, you're evil. You're the devil. It's just like you don't care about the Black Lives Movement, um, you know, all Black Lives Matter movement. It's just like. mm, But on a positive mm, note, at least we see more races stepping up and actually supporting the movement. And it's getting more diverse. And Obama recently spoke in Dallas at the tribute for the police officer. Kind of wish that he had gone to Alton Sterling's funeral. There's no he can't do that. Okay, yeah, right. He can't do that. No, I know, you're right. When he when Trayvon Martin, we have to remember. You're right. When you're Trayvon right, Martin right. died, he he stepped up and he he was crying at the podium and said, yeah. "Had I had a son, he would have looked like Trayvon Martin." He would have too. And was criticized because, you know, think about it, legally, I mean, technically he's the highest level of mm-hmm. our government. He's the president. Mm-hmm. And there's still investigations and all that that has to go on. Yeah, no, you're right. So wait, right. I'm confused. Why couldn't he go to the personally go to? Well, the because funeral? it's like cherry, it's like cherry picking. You know, like why didn't he go to anybody else's funeral? Uh, 
You okay, know, I see what and you so, mean. But he, he did fly from that. Um, he did fly from that. Uh, memorial to D.C. and met with all the civil rights leaders and legislators to talk about the issue. But again, his hands are handcuffed. I mean, yeah. he can't really, he, it's not like he can instill some type of uh, order that can, that can you know, go out across all 50 states. There's still a system of government that we have. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that frequently, you know, kind of cock blocks him from things that he wants to do. So. And I'm actually guilty of doing what I just criticized. Jesus Christ. So I need to go sit down somewhere. So on clo- in closing, <laughs> I mean, listen, there's a lot more conversation that I know is going to take place. A lot of people are frustrated. A lot of people are still trying to figure out what they can do. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, continue to share what's happening across your social media, but find a way in your community to actually get involved with a movement that's possible. You have to do more than protesting. Going out and protesting is one thing, it's, but con, con, it's, vote. You, yeah, also, let's talk about voting. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about voting. Get let's let's, let's talking about get, let's talk about getting to know who are your, you know, local politicians. You know, who represent your neighborhood, your, you know, whatever the case is. Where whatever area it is you represent on your census form, find out who it is, who are the people that represent you in the, you know, political spectrum and write to them. Mm-hmm. about what your concerns are. You know, try to find a way to encourage them to come to town hall meetings or whatever the case is. People just need to be a little bit more proactive in terms of, you know, opening up that, you know, that stream of dialogue, you know, with those people because they're the ones that have to, that can actually enact change. Well, and I think, yep. too, tolerance is important. I think everybody has to grow a little bit more tolerance for one another. Everybody needs to get a little bit, a, a little bit more impulse control. Just mm. just a touch. Yeah, because I know, like, when this was happening, I was on vacation. Uh, there was a moment where this couple who was not black was very rude in an elevator. To? To me. To you, okay. <laughs> they didn't know me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. I would have fucked that entire family up. <laughs> but I was still so mad about what was happening, I just turned to them and I said, Black Lives Matter. So what was they saying? What was they rude? Was they, they, I didn't want to get into that because I'm going to get upset. Okay. I'm, I'm off vacation. I, to, <laughs> I, 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 regained, I regained the Lord. Yeah. But no, I mean, it was one of those things where I just said Black Lives Matter and their faces were like just shocked. But again, I think just growing more tolerant of one another and and just knowing that there's not all bad police, just like there's not all black bad black people. I agree. Exactly. And we need to stop shooting each other, but I'm not going to end a kind of controversial note. Is <laughs> that on the light <laughs> note? Because black lives matter to everybody, but they need to matter to us too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They, I agree. They, I they concur. definitely do. Right. You concur? I concur. Spell it. C O C O N C U R. No, no, he, he stuttered. Yeah, C O N C U R. Okay. So we're signing off. We're signing off. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.